Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Cape Time, and we are here to discuss the newest castings in the DCU. We have a fucking Superman and Lois. My God, this is amazing. It's finally happened. It's it's real now. It actually feels real. And now I can wrap my head around where this movie is going, and I could not be more excited about this. Tom, how's it going? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, this is uh, this is one of those pillar days. This is one of those days where you remember where you were, you know, when you heard the news. This officially marks, in my opinion, the beginning of the DCU era. I mean, I know that we'll get into Blue Beetle earlier and you know, we've known about this reboot for a while, but uh, it doesn't it it doesn't feel real until you got some casting, and it, it's real now. Uh, we got a Superman, we got a Lois, and yeah. that 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 man is gonna need to uh, take these next I think, I think six months, hit the gym, get ready. Because yeah. his life, his life is about to change. Uh, you know, this is, this is one of those roles that, you know, you will forever be linked to it. You know, no matter how many movies Christopher Reeve made after, uh, the Superman movies, they, he's, he's Superman. No matter how many movies Brandon Routh has made, he's always been looked at as Superman and Henry as well. Um, you know, and even, the TV actors, you know, uh, Tom Welling, still doing uh, conventions for Smallville, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Dean Kane is uh, not 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 everybody's favorite, not my favorite, but uh, he's still still looked at as you know when he makes his little shithead comments, he's usually linked as Superman's Dean Kane is being a shithead again. Uh, mm-hmm. But but you get the point. Um, Superman is one of those roles. It's one of the few superhero roles where no mask is required. So the person that is cast, uh, you know, that's your face. You know? So Corrin yeah. Sweat is the face of the DCU. Um, so, like, like I said, I, I love his casting a lot. He was my first pick. I like I like the work that I've seen him in. He gives me the most Clark Kent vibes. He's definitely got the look. Um, you know, he's the right age. He's Oh my god. Wow. Oh my god. Wow. Wow. I think uh yeah, wow. And then like I said earlier, Rachel Brosnahan was my pick for Lois, so I'm happy there. Got both of my picks. And I'm just ready. I'm ready to get into January, seeing some set photos, hopefully. And, uh, you know, hopefully this movie takes, whoa, takes everything that we love from the previous movies and improves upon it. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. I'm really happy that they cast an unknown as well for Superman specifically. I think that's really a smart move. And that's really been a tradition across the history of the role. I mean, obviously... The actors were known in some other roles, but like you said, they really became known 
for being Superman, and that's kind of what they're all known for. Every, every, every single one of them, really. Brandon Routh is known for being Superman. Reeve is known for being Superman. Cavill, he's known for being Superman. I mean, he's the one that's probably had the most um, superstar type of career in comparison to the others, but um, he is... Yeah, that actually yeah. is funny that you but, mentioned that, because he was in The Witcher, he was in Mission yeah. Impossible, he was in Man from Uncle. Uh-huh. Yeah, but um, even so, I mean, he's uh, he's still Superman. In the end, I, I think that's how people view him. And uh, I think that's never going to change, really, quite honestly. But looking across at Corrin um, Sweat, the same applies, man. This is an actor that really hasn't done a ton at all. Oh, I mean, like, you, you know, it's funny. People keep posting clips from um, stuff he's done. And it's always from, like, the same project because he's been in, like, barely anything. I mean, like, I think his biggest role in, like, a full project might be Pearl actually. And um I guess that show he did Hollywood. So really it's just those two things. Yeah, that would be that. Yeah, those are the big two I think. He, he was the lead in a Netflix show, so like yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. And in terms of movies though, I think it's literally just Pearl for his yeah. biggest role. And that was yeah, a very small role too. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else. It's just you know he's a Juilliard trained actor. I have no doubts about him. He was very good in Hollywood. Obviously, you got to do the screen test for Superman. So I really, I really never doubt these things. All the, yeah, I've been pleased with all the Superman actors up to this point. Um, so we're we're gonna be just fine. Yeah. No, without a doubt, um, they're gonna be entirely fine. I think that. Um, you're going to get a really good dynamic between Brosnahan and uh, Cornswood here. I think the two are a great fit together. And truthfully, I um, I was get warming up to, <laughs> to the idea of Mackie a bit as we heard more rumors. But ultimately, I do agree with you, though. Brosnahan was always, for me, the best pick. Because, A, I do like... Um, this, she's actually a good blend, too. She's obviously more well-known than Cornswood by a wide margin. But, like... yeah. She's also not like a giant name either in among casuals. I think I'm even outside. If you haven't seen Marvelous Miss Maisel, a lot of people probably don't know her. Honestly, I mean, I know I know she was in House of Cards, but um, beyond that, it's fairly small. So she led yeah. one. She really had one giant role that made people know her. But beyond that, pretty. This small. is their big break. Yeah. This, this is, is the. This is her big movie break for sure. That, that's yeah. What out. Yeah. This is the one that. You know, they're going to be known for playing these parts no matter what they do. Yes, you're, that's, you're, you're, it's true. You're going to be known for this. And and that's that's good. That's good. So, oh, wow. The Hollywood Reporter just released an interview with uh, – oh, oh, never mind. This was, this was old. Um, it was uh, Rachel Brosnahan's interview about potentially oh, playing yeah. Rose Lane when she was on – she was on like a talk show I've and, like this. the day yeah. before. Yeah. So yeah, that was that must have been so awkward because you're like, I can't say shit. But yeah. Yeah, man, I think um this pick is great and I just love that um like this is something that um is definitely a personal thing, but I love the um 
the vision gun has for these two, I think, and this lighter, um, lighthearted kind of sense to it this time around. Because even Corrin's wet, when he, he talked about Superman years ago and he, and he referenced Cavill's take and saying, like, he thinks Cavill's take is awesome, but for him at least, he would love yeah, to, go back, to do yeah. something different with it. He, he would love to go back to a traditional type of Superman that brings back some of those lighthearted elements. And I think just watching some of the scenes that he's done and just getting a good vibe off of him and what he wants. I I think, I think we're going to get that. I think he's going to bring exactly what the role needs. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about his pick, especially, but Brosnahan too, man. I mean, apparently according to, it was either deadline. I think Justin Kroll was for deadline, but he was saying yeah. that um, he heard that she had not just the best. She just audition, kicked everyone's yeah. ass. It wasn't just the best audition for Lois. It was the best audition period for the movie thus far, which is impeccable. That that that's amazing. I mean, and we heard that from the beginning, really. You know, from from the moment her name came up, I remember the the reports were that like her audition in particular was like really really good. So that just adds further credence to that so that's um that's really great to hear i think um it's gonna be a fun ride it's gonna be a really fun ride as we move along and keep getting more casting updates i mean there's gonna be a lot more in this movie you know we've talked about this in private but um, yeah this is a big cast this is a big cast i mean granted some people are certainly going to be in very small limited roles but but with that said it's still going to be a lot of names it's going to be a lot of people and it's not, and these are people that are gonna, in a lot of cases, be leading their own projects. In the case of one that we could obviously say, because it's out there, the authority, I mean, we're gonna get multiple members of that team in this movie. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a big deal. And in addition to, there's been rumors of other heroes as well. I'm not sure if it means beyond them, but I, ha- I, at one point there was a rumor of Mr. Terrific, but I also heard that could have been, because it was just a casting call that people assumed with Mr. Terrific, and I think it ended up being assumed now that 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 casting call was for a member of the Authority, but I'd have to go back and confirm that. But um, yeah, I believe um, it might just be the Authority in terms of quote unquote heroes in the movie. But who knows, man? I, I think anything is possible. I just care that in the end, the movie is not bogged down by trying to do too much world building in this in this movie. But ultimately, I just done. I'm sure he has a great vision. And that guy knows how to tell a story. He's proven it enough times where it's not something I'm going to dwell on right now because he has earned the benefit of a doubt without question at this stage of his career. He has literally made countless comic book projects and not one of them has been bad. In fact, I think every single project, in my opinion at least, has been great. Not just good, great. Like, Guardians 2 is probably the worst project I think he's made, and I still think, for me at least, I think it's a great movie. I agree. I agree. Interesting thing, though, today is I believe Corn Sweat is the first Jewish actor to play Superman, which is really cool considering Superman's uh, Jewish origins, uh, for those that don't know. Uh, Siegel and Schuster, the creators of Superman, were Jewish. So it's cool to um it's cool that you know this this has happened um um because a lot of the time Superman gets hijacked as this like Catholic or Christian kind of figure and it's kind of weird cuz um the two people that created this guy 
not 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 Catholic, not Christian. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't I don't know, but I'm just happy. You know, this this guy ha- has the chops. You, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm through the moon about it. I I just hope this movie kicks ass. I hope it brings a lot of stuff from kind of. I guess you could say the Reeve films, the, the the Smallville show, you know, a lot of that kind of campiness, that kind of sincere and earnestness. But I, I do still really hope we get the badass action from the Snyder kind of era, just mixed in with a little less uh, civilian casualties. Uh-huh. Um, we can have Superman, I don't know, fly in and save a few people. That would be great as yeah. buildings are collapsing. Um, if we could have that, that'd be great. That's kind of what Superman does. If Superman's not saving people, I don't really know what's too super about him. Uh, so, so yeah, um... I'm just saying, I'm just saying, don't hop on me for, don't hop on me, please, Snyder fans. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I I, I agree with you. In the end, I, <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. I think Gunn will bring, some, bring something fresh to the table, and I'm here for whatever he has in mind, man. I am. Yeah, but, um, just take, take all of, take, like, I, I'm a big fan of just, you look at everything that's happened and some and each version has its highs and its lows and if you can identify the highs and the lows you can avoid some pitfalls well uh, but you also have to make it your own thing as well cuz you have to add to the legacy as well oh see what i did there uh huh uh-huh add to it so i'm really excited to see what gun does with this movie that not only takes from the old but adds um, another part of this casting we we could talk about. Um, this isn't official casting at all. This is just a rumor for people up for another role. But Lex Luthor, um, according to, it was also the Hollywood Reporter that gave this article, right, regarding mm-hmm. the Lex Luthor rumor. Yeah, they uh, reported that um, two names that are currently being discussed for the role of Lex. Granted, does not mean either are going to get it. It just means they're two names that are liked by most likely Gunn and other executives at Warner Brothers would be the Skarsgård brothers. So referring to Alexander and uh, Bill, which is interesting. I, I think those are both in- – I mean, they're interesting because they're both obviously really good actors. Also, in this case, both very different actors too, actually, which is which is fascinating because – you get two very, role. yeah. You get two very different versions of Lex depending on which one you cast. Honestly, I, my my opinion, but um, yeah, I am open to either of those, but I will say none of them. I don't listen to either of those and think, holy shit, the way I'm thinking of Corin Sweat and Skarsgård, and not Skarsgård, um, Corin Sweat and Brosnahan. I, I think it's possible that I could obviously be blown away, especially because I think Bill Skarsgård in particular is a fantastic actor and i never doubt him i will never doubt him i think he can pull off just about anything including lex i do believe he could definitely pull it off but um 
it's one of those things I would probably love it more when I see it, if it were to happen. But beforehand, I'd be like, oh, you know, great actor, but I'm not, like, thinking, like, it's a crazy pick or anything. It's a very safe pick in my mind. You want to hear something very sad? Yeah, sure. Superman Legacy releases, at this point, if all all goes according to plan in terms of its filming and post-production and all of that, Superman Legacy releases six days before I turn 25. Wow. And, uh, ah, that hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Um, I'm pretty sure, uh, in the coming years, I will be attending a few weddings from friends. And I feel like I'm hitting a crisis. <laughs> um, because I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I've spent the last three days wearing Batman pajamas. Um, nice. So I don't think I'll be married by then. Uh, or you know, but there is a good chance I'll have a fan film on YouTube out there. I'll say that. Aha! Who's the winner now? Um. So be back to Skarsgård. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, can I can I can I mention the Skarsgårds for a sec? Go for it. Okay, I'm sorry because like I didn't really, I really just I went to the you the, you didn't even mention the Skarsgårds actually you went you went I, directly past it. I just went directly to my 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 crisis of the mid twenties. Um, I love. Both of the scars guards, and I did hear all of your points. Please, please, no, I did not. Like, it did not go over my head or anything. It's just that I, 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 I broke when I saw the release date. But Bill is very interesting because, like, he he's played a lot of darker characters. You know, characters usually plays the villain. Usually, uh, let's be honest. Usually, he's the villain. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if I if he shaves his head. I could see I could see him playing a Lex, playing Lex. Now, Alexander, you know, he's had some hero roles, I believe. Yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's more of a leading man type than Bill, where Bill is more of a character actor, from what I've seen. Yes, yes, I would so, definitely agree there. So I'm really, like you said, it would feel very different. Um. But, like, I said, I think I said this on the podcast one day, that I wanted, like, Bradley Cooper to do it, and Bradley Cooper also was a leading man type as well. So maybe, maybe I'm on to something here. Maybe Alexander gets this, shaves his head, uh, and kills it, uh, and maybe, maybe we get a Legion of Doom movie. That'd be pretty dope. Uh-huh. He's like the lead of it. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I, 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 damn! I, I just I put that in my head and now. But also, we have to hit the elephant in the room. Nicholas Holt, buddy, you are not Batman and you are not Superman. Man, but that's just I, tough. That's tough. Like, 
He is failing so bad at getting these big roles, and it sucks because he deserves one. Listen, it's inevitable, let's be honest. Like, this will happen. He will get a big role. It's not, like, like as, as much as it sucks, because, like, Batman is so cool, and Superman is obviously Superman, Um, you know... But let's be honest. We'll be honest here. For both of those roles, I think A, Rob was the clear choice. And B, I think David was the clear choice. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a role for Holt in the MCU or the DCU. And I really hope he gets a DCU role. I think there's something there that he could sink his teeth into. Maybe, you know, I heard, like, a flat, you know, thrown in there. I can see it. That could be cool. Uh, One that I I got, one that was brought up to me was, like, uh, Constantine, which could be cool. Um, There there are, like, a ton of different roles that I think Nicholas Holt could really sink his teeth into and do a really good job in it. But I just... When you look at the guy, I'm sorry. I just, I could see Clark going, I could see him playing a decent Clark. But I'm not calling him ugly because he's not an ugly guy at all. It's just that whatever that little extra thing is that makes like a Superman or a Batman, for me, I don't really see it there. I don't see him as a Batman or a Superman. But like I said, I really can see him shaving his head and delivering a Lex Luthor. You know, that that kicks ass. I think he could deliver one of the definitive performances of Lex. I really believe that. Uh-huh. And I think he's getting bad advice for going out for Superman instead of Lex. But at the same time, there's no harm in trying out. You know? But I think he should... Use Lex as the the backup option. Okay, I wasn't right for Superman, but Killian Murphy wasn't right for Batman in Batman Begins. But you know what? He got when Christopher Nolan said, "Hey, you want to play the Scarecrow?" Dude, dude said, "All right." It was a really good Scarecrow. I'm just saying, Luke. I'm just saying. I think this dude could do something. I really hope. It's a DC role. I just, I have a feeling, I have a really good gut feeling that DC is the place for him. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, usually when you have an actor that like that, who they they obviously like, but, you know, he, he was a top yeah. three, top three Superman top. finalist for a reason, and also a top three probably Batman finalist. Top so two. Like, top top two. two. It was it was just Robin. So at that stage, DC obviously likes what they have there with him. It's yep. just finding the right role. So yep. I guarantee you they are going to be contacting him for other roles as Did well. Did you see Mad Max Fury Road? Not yet. I've been meaning to. I haven't meaning to watch that. His performance in that, like, he's, like, almost, like, I like, honestly, if you just watch that, that di- you will see that dude could do anything. Just, you don't even have to watch the full movie. Just watch the scenes he's in. Just yeah, yeah. go on YouTube. He's so good. So, like, 
he will find something. And if you're a Nicholas Holt stan out there, your boy will get his due. Yeah, without a doubt. He'll go and find his place in DC. But, um, yeah, so that's really it for Superman, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. Hopefully we'll get some more info. And also, I'm just saying, I really hope they, sometime before the year's over, they release, like, a screen test of the costume, because I need to see yeah. it. Oh, my God, they need to do what I did. I need it so bad. And I would assume they're going to do a new theme as well. So, you know, I wonder who they, they, they're going to bring in to compose this. You know, that's um, more of your thing, Luke, with with the music, you know. I, yeah, I mean, I don't really know who they'd bring in to compose, but... Oh, wait, I do know, don't I? What? I thought they're bringing... I could be t- totally wrong on this, but I could have swore it's already out there they're bringing um, the guy who did Guardians 3 onto it. That wouldn't surprise me at I, all. I would, Hold I, I would have to double-check, but I could have... I'm checking right now. Legacy Composer. Composer... I believe the composer himself was the one that confirmed that said it himself, and then Gunn yeah. confirmed it. Mm. So yeah, Gunn said that he has hired the composer, um, but like it's not known yet. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's the Guardians three dude. I'm yeah, fine, it like, seems the Guardians one. His name is John Murphy, so you know that one surprised. Uh, that that sounds logical. Hopefully the you get because like the Superman theme is different from any other theme. You know, Superman, Batman, and Spider Man all need to have memorable themes. It's just a part of the whole deal. Yeah, it's really important, especially for Superman, because there's been so much talk around like we need to stop using the. Uh original Christopher Reeve theme. And actually, I do agree at this stage, especially... Yeah, that's fine. Because you need... You do need Superman to be his own thing. set it apart. Yeah, like, you shouldn't just live in the past. Like, if you want to have, like, even uh, a nod to it within your theme, I even think that's okay. But as a whole, though, the theme should be its own thing. And that's just... Especially when you're in an era where people are so kind of done with the past of DC... You're really trying to move forward more than ever right now. Yeah, so they're 100% going to do a new one. Yeah, so whatever they do, it's going to make sure it's memorable. Honestly, maybe this would have been – obviously, Gunn got his guy, and I'm sure it's going to be John Murphy. But if we're up to me, I am without a doubt hiring Michael Giacchino on that. Because yeah. – for two reasons, actually. A, he – I love what he did with Spider-Man where he – reinvented the classic jingle and theme of Spider-Man into this bigger, grandiose theme that worked so well, and it was still its own thing because the other movies didn't quite do that in the way the uh, Homecoming trilogy did. But also, obviously, I mean, the Batman alone, I mean, talk about a memorable theme. Like, that guy just knows how to make such memorable music. I mean, he did the score for Up, I mean, Werewolf by Nights, I mean, The Incredibles, I mean... Like, he knows how to do this cheese, not just cheesy, but, like, grandiose, larger-than-life kind of themes. And that's kind of what, on a music level, at least, Superman should kind of be. Oh, so, yeah. if, it were, if it were up to me, Giacchino is 
the guy. I think he would knock it out of the park. In general, really, I think DC would be smart to steal Giacchino when they can. Obviously, he's been working a lot with Marvel, but if they're smart, do whatever you fucking can to steal that dude because he will make themes that everybody will remember. He's done it countless times, and there's no reason to bet against him. He's he's the best composer in Hollywood right now alongside, like, Ludwig Gordon. Like, they are the best. Yeah, I would I would agree. Like, he's he's obviously... He's obviously the one that's, you know, working, I would say, working the most. Obviously, John Williams is in his 90s yeah. now. So, like, you know, he, he's probably just picking and choosing. Yeah, um, in my mind, um, Giacchino is basically going to be the next Williams. But by the time his career is done, I truly believe that's the legacy he will have. Hans Zimmer right now is, like, the next, like, he's technically, like, the next, quote-unquote, Williams. Yeah. It's another era, he's though. Getting he's getting older, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's an era ahead of Giacchino in terms of his work, kind of. But, um, yeah, I mean, God, he's, I'm looking at just his credits right now. Werewolf by Night, Ratatouille, Up, Incredibles, The Batman. Obviously, he did Spider-Man. Oh, my God, they just showed Frank on, the, on, on SNY. Nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's funny. Frank Frank is always funny. <laughs> okay. Okay, yes. Giacchino. Giacchino is a legend, man. He, he is. And also, he's a great director, too, apparently. Yeah, yes, he is. I'm actually excited to see what work Marvel gives him next, because um, they said they were going to work with him more. He just hasn't. Nothing's been announced. But then again, nothing's really... Uh, certain at Marvel right now, which is what I'm actually kind of half want to get into next, but um, kind of get that duality of the companies going right now. It's funny. For so long, I've been praising Marvel and shitting on DC, and I'm not even saying it's a reversal right now, but at the very least, I'll say I have a lot of questions about Marvel right now. Yeah, personally. Um, last thing about Frank... Brandon Nemo just hit a homer and they cut back to him. (laughs) That's, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's going to be on Twitter. I can't wait to show you. But yeah, Uh, what I did, I did just forget what you just, what did you just say? Oh, you said about worrying about Marvel. Yeah, I mean, I'm just talking about that in relation to because this is something I'm not even sure if you've been caught up on this part, but um, obviously we saw recently that uh, there were new release dates for the projects. Um, yeah, and the, the 2024 projects. One of them was good. Deadpool got moved up. Yeah, it did get moved up, which was interesting because that's like a big project. Yeah, like, I'm, actually, I'm actually very surprised by that one. That's because, a that's a potential billion dollar one. Well, I don't even mean just in terms of box office. I just mean in terms of, like... Getting it right. The amount of post-production work that probably goes into that movie. Like, uh-huh. like you're talking about a VFX-heavy, multiverse, X-Men movie, basically. Yeah. So, you're like, there's, there's going to be a lot going on there. I mean, I'm not going to, like, say I know the plot of the movie, but I'll tell you right now, like, I would say there's a 90% chance Magneto is the villain of the movie. So like, uh, take that for what you will. But um, yeah, I really, I'm really, you know, 
I'm not really multiverse tired, but the problem that I'm having is I am kind of leak tired. Uh, I Because, um, like, with No Way Home, like, you got to the point where, unfortunately, by the time, you know, we watched the movie, everything was kind of known. And so I really don't want to have a repeat of that with this movie because this has the potential to be a really special movie that kind of closes the chapter on the Fox universe. Yeah, I mean, for me at least, knowing the cameos and appearances in No Way Home, it didn't really have an impact on my enjoyment of the project. But um, in regards to Deadpool, um, I know some people are probably worried that the story is going to get too muddled in this multiversal chaos. But ultimately, honestly, for myself at least, I'm actually not too worried about this one in particular just because of the fact, A, they have the same writers from the first two movies – so right there, you already got yourself set up for some success. You got Ryan Reynolds, obviously, on top of everything, because he's a very involved uh, creator in this process. He always has yeah. been. And on top of that, too, we do have a new director, and it's Sean Levy, who is actually a really good director. I like his work a lot. And he has a strong working relationship with Ryan Reynolds over his career so far. So I think you put that all together. In addition to have, being able to play in the Marvel playground, I don't see that movie really being bad. I mean, I'd be very surprised if it's less than really good, honestly. I, I think it's going to be a very good movie. I think, and from what I understand, too, in addition to the focus on some of the Fox X-Men stuff, obviously you're going to have the TVA involved, and you're also going to have a focus on the 838 universe we saw in Multiverse of Madness, potentially, if the leaks that have been out today are right. And I've also have some reason to believe some, at least parts of the leaks are correct. And that is one of the parts I do believe is correct regarding the involvement of the 838 universe, which may, which I will say I am happy about because this is one critique I had kind of in general after Dr. Strange was, I felt like there's a lot that was unexplored regarding the, this new universe. And I was hoping that, it's not just a one and done that we can actually go back and explore that universe more yeah, in the, in the future. Because to me, if you're going to do secret wars and you want to have another universe involved, you should build up that other universe as much as you can. Otherwise it feels kind of weak to me. Like, uh, you know, otherwise it's like, why should I care that we're even fighting this other universe? I have no attachment to it and I've barely even seen any of it. So what, what does it, what does it matter? But now, if we're actually getting that in Deadpool 3, and we're also going to get some of that lead up and maybe in some other projects, yeah, I think it that could actually work really well. And the idea of having Wanda, at least I'm going to go off the leak for this specific part, um, I'm not sure if this part's accurate, but um, it said there's something along the lines of Wanda, after Wanda died in Multiverse of Madness, her soul went to 838 Wanda, and it led to and basically there was like a house of M situation where the universe or, or that, that universe in particular changed and it led to the changes with all the new Fox X men and all that bullshit. Um, maybe though, I'm sure there's a better explanation for it that I'm giving right now, but that's just kind of like the fan gist of it off of the leak. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of fun potential for that without a doubt. And I'm here for it. I'm definitely here for it. I hope it ends up being good. I didn't really think I was about to have a Deadpool 3 discussion. I was just going to go into the the new dates. But, hey, I'm here for it because I'm excited about the movie. And also, there is a rumor about a certain Daredevil being in the project. So, just just saying. 
And it ain't Charlie. It ain't Charlie. Love you, Charlie. He's 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 got his own thing going on, so very very happy about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's there's definitely a lot happening with Deadpool three, but 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 big but I think I think you know as long as they tell an emotional story. Ah, what? what what what? Oh, I'm trying to look but, at the new trying to look at the Marvel dates, and a stupid video popped up. Uh, Continue. From there, pal. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's just, like you said, I think, I definitely want to go back to the 838, because, like, you kind of killed their, their, their version of the Avengers, so, like, yeah, I'm interested of seeing, you know, retaliation is the, is the main one. Yeah, like, and, and that is something that I have heard previously is will be explored like in future projects, and that will be part of the conflict, which I think is like actually one cool. universe leaked part. leaked into another universe, and that universe ended up killing the heroes of that universe, and now that universe is probably all fucked. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Actually, I think that's a really great idea. I'm I'm super into that, but um, we just got to see it actually play out really more than anything, and that's kind of really. I guess maybe I'm I don't know maybe this is just impatience on my end I don't really know this is just kind of me talking about how I feel regarding Marvel right now but um it feels like a lot of build up towards this big event but at the same time it feels like there's also no real build up like I don't necessarily need all the projects to connect but like across certain projects I would enjoy a certain flow so to speak like mm-hmm. like when you look at even not to say i need it to be this way i'm just referencing something that did work phase three of marvel then you had um i'm gonna look at my shelf of movies right now for reference going from really yeah even going back to like guardians with with thanos first being introduced from that point on there was like a connective thread across all those projects that kind of led to infinity war and such an such an incredibly organic way when you look at where the characters were and how different plot points were introduced how certain plot points came back and right mm-hmm. now it's you're kind of in this place where a lot of it feels uh, sometimes irrelevant and I don't necessarily again i don't mind that as that the movie's good obviously but yeah. i but i also do think um it's hard to get hyped about certain things when you announce them so early in advance and you keep pushing them back so often like i'd almost rather you not have me have certain announcements as soon as you did like look at blade like when did we get our blade announcement that 20 we got our blade announcement like three years ago well it wasn't three years ago because dude no it was it was 2019 that was yeah that was four years that was four years ago and the project isn't even going to come out till 2025 right now, I'm pretty sure. So, like, it's a lot. Ali's gonna be in a fucking nursing home by the time this movie releases. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, that, that's a lot. And I don't, I don't necessarily, and I get it. Like, shit happens. I mean, we had a fucking pandemic and, you know, and more on top of that, too. But it's clear that a lot of the issues that we've had regarding the proper release of movies has stemmed from just a not sound production process. You know, things have not been 
done properly in, in pre-production or post-production, and it's and it's affected the way movies have gone and the quality of certain things. And while I've en- and truthfully, I, I will always speak to this. I've actually enjoyed a lot of the post-Endgame stuff. Like I thought, WandaVision was very good. I actually really liked a lot of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I love Loki. Shang Chi, I thought was freaking awesome. I loved No Way Home. Multiverse of Madness actually has grown a ton on me after not liking it a lot at first. Hell, She-Hulk even, I will say, grown on me a lot. But, like, there's certain projects, without a doubt, that have been really bad, in my opinion. Like, Love and Thunder and Quantumania, in my opinion, were both really bad. Like, yeah, it was very... Not ideal, and it's to the point where it made me feel so lackluster about certain things, especially Quantumania. I think that was the biggest blunder still. I, I've said this so many times, but I think it's so imperative. Like they messed up the movie where you in, where you fully introduced your big bad, and you were supposed you're not to just your big bad for that, but your big bad for the whole phase, the whole few phases. Sorry, my my uh, shit was cutting out. Say that again. Yeah, I just said uh, not just the big bad in the movie, but the big bad in like the whole kind of storyline well, yeah. you're trying to tell. Exactly, that's what I mean. Like that's such a major character. I mean, you're not just building around him; you're building around multiple variants of this guy, and like. Not just mobile. I mean, you see how many versions of them. Yeah, like uh, his role is that big to this stage, and, like, to mess up the movie that introduces him was just, like, such an issue, I think, for... I can't tell tell what, like, pisses me off more, because, like, Taika really kind of irked me. Taika pisses me off more, because I don't think Taika cared. Like, I I, I don't watch Quantumania. I think he treated that movie like it was the equivalent to a summer vacation from making other movies. Well, I think the problem was, he, I don't think he even cared a little bit about the source material. No. And that and that's the big problem. Like, I don't need people to go directly off the source material. That's, like, you can deviate really as much as you want, quite honestly, if it's good. But, like, to, to have a gore, the God Butcher story with a Jane Foster cancer storyline and have that be a comedy just feels like such a stark tonal difference and, between the story you're trying to tell with the actual movie that was made. And it's like, it's really jarring for people. And on top of that, you just didn't get the best out of your actors, in my opinion, because of that. I think the main issue is, you know, obviously the MCU does have a, a lean towards a comedic approach. Um but Love and Thunder uh, was on a, another level, though. Yeah, I think there is a line that must be towed between, you know, there's a line that you cross in which you go too comedic to the point where you kill the stakes in your movie um, and your characters almost become parodies of themselves. Yeah. And I think Taika cross that line in like the most blatant ways and yeah. so you kill 
you kill the audience taking your movie seriously when you do something like that. 100%. I mean, and on top of that, too, I don't really, like, if it wasn't a the storyline they chose, I maybe could have even enjoyed the movie with the tone like that, but you pick the wrong story to use that kind of tone, though, entirely. Like, you cannot have that, like, not, forget lighthearted, just, really just the silly, a very silly tone for a movie with such a serious subject matter. You have a movie about questioning gods and, and, and the morality of them and whether or not they are doing the right thing. In addition to a storyline regarding a love story and how, and how cancer has pl- placed itself right in the middle of it, like, and you're just going to ignore it? You can make like, a strong like, argument that this could, that this should have been one of the most emotional. I, I've said for, I've said this from the beginning, dude. This should have been, without a doubt, the most emotional MCU movie, this, in my this opinion. This movie should have ended with you crying, honestly. 100%, man. Like, I should have been bawling my, like, in my opinion, truthfully, this one makes it the most frustrating. You had a layup here, in terms of. You had Natalie Portman, uh, she's an Oscar winner. You had Natalie Portman and Christian Bale alongside Chris Hemsworth in your movie, and you didn't make a good movie. That's so frustrating. Like, that's so frustrating, because that's such an insanely talented cast. Like, I love every single one of them. You had, again, two Oscar Award winners there. Two Oscar Award winners, a Batman in there. I mean, I, I, I can't fathom... What made you think that approach was the right thing to do? And and, and I'll say this: I'm, I'm very happy. Thor, um, Chris Hemsworth himself has questioned it. We talked about this last movie. Uh, not yeah, last, even he was like, but because um, like he's the face of that, you know. Like he's like, you know, th- that's my franchise. Like, like, can you imagine if you know you get you get one of the Marvel franchises, and the one that you get is the one that instantly like the one that people don't really vibe with the most. Yeah. I mean that like, that would be that'd be incredibly frustrating, obviously. I mean and I'll be I'll be honest, I actually think the first Thor movie is very good. I think it's a very underrated movie. But as a whole yeah. though, if you're talking about general audiences, they um didn't fuck with anything till Love and Thunder. Fuck. Not Love and Thunder, uh, Ragnarok. Ragnar, yeah. And then Love and Thunder obviously brought them right back down to if not Dark World level, maybe for some people worse than Dark World level. Depending on who you talk to, but um, and that and that's really tough that we got to some, that bad of a place because Dark World has forever been widely considered to be the worst MCU project before going back to pre pre Endgame. And yeah. if you want to look at post Endgame, I'm not gonna say this is what I feel. I'm just gonna say this is probably what a lot of people I think feel. I would say people would probably argue there are three to four projects at least, probably four actually, that are worse than Dark World post Endgame. And I, again, I'm not saying I feel that way because I don't, but I I do believe a lot of people do feel that way, and that says a lot about how much faith probably people have lost in Marvel, unfortunately. And I think that's reflected in some of the box office numbers. Not to say that um, obviously, like Guardians did really well. I mean, Guardians did fantastic. I mean, it made uh, over 800 million, which is great. You have no problem with that, but like. Then you look at a quantum media and you see how that did, and you start questioning things because that movie didn't make good money at all. In fact, it 
it actually made a little more than I thought, almost 500 million. But like, even so though, that's just not what you would want from such a big movie there. And I think a big part of it is the lack of certainty when you're constantly not, well, A, you have a lot of controversy out there with Jonathan Majors right now that has not been helped for the Marvel brand at all. I don't think at all, but I think it's been tough. And on top of that, too, you have dates that have changed more times than I can count. And by the way, I'm not sure if you heard this, they're going to change again. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, like, why even announce that first round of changes? Like, you're just going to further confuse people, and people are confused enough. Like, you made so many announcements, you're not sticking to any of them. There's no updates on a lot of these projects that are official, and you're not even having a Comic-Con to provide anything new right now. But I'm not going to say that's their fault, but regardless, it's just the reality of the situation right now. So a lot of people are lost. A lot a lot of people are lost. Yeah, I'm not because I'm in the loop of these things. You know, I'm always in the loop, and I always talk to people that have information. But, like, in terms of everybody else you talk to, I'm sure they are fairly confused about where the universe is heading and where a lot of things are heading. And that's that's tough. That That is tough. Obviously, you know that Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty are going to happen, but the path to that probably feels very convoluted for people right now. Yeah, a lot of people are like, where is this going? Yeah, what like... What are you doing here? It, it's not even where we're going. It's just how do we get there? That's the big question. How do we get there? And I don't think people really understand that yet. Truthfully, I don't even fully understand that quite yet, but um, I have a rough idea, but uh, not not the whole picture yet. Yeah, just, just to say the new dates, just so they're uh, out there, we have... Uh, well, the next movie, just to say it, we have The Marvels still coming out November 10th, 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited for that movie, actually. Oh, actually, okay. we, we, we will give a spoiler warning, but we will talk about the post credit scene today. I didn't even think about that. Um... You saw the post credit scene, right? For what? The Marvels. No, I didn't. Well, not like really watched it, but like you heard what it is. I'm trying to think. A certain tease about a future project? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, We'll get to that, but um, yeah, the Deadpool 3, you have May 3rd, 2024, which again... I'm not going to say I'm concerned about, but, like, it's June 27th right now, which is 11 months from release, and they're still early in the filming process. Mm-hmm. So I bet money right now that date is definitely not going to stick because there's no way a movie that big is only going to have – I mean, granted, you could have a short post – like, eight months is enough for, like, post-production, but I also don't see them cutting it close with a movie like that, in my opinion. I think they're going to give that a lot of time. And then after Deadpool, you have Captain America 4, uh, July 26, 2024. Thunderbolts, December 20th, 2024, which I don't think is going to come out 2024, by the way. And then, uh, and then you have Blade in February 2025. And granted, who knows? That might even get pushed back again. I, I don't really know where the movie's at right now in terms of the script, but obviously nobody's working on it right now, so I'm not sure if they even have a script that's ready. So you put that all together and it's like it's it's in a weird place. It's in a very weird place. But uh you know, I guess it is what it is. I 
I'm still excited for Marvel, just to be clear. I'm actually very excited for a lot of these projects individually. It's just, uh, my hype, I guess, is in a very weird spot, and I want to get hyped again. And that's the best way I can put it. I talked about this last episode a little bit. Like, Guardians 3, for example. I, I was hyped for it. And I, I love that movie, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But it's not a movie that gets me hyped for the universe. It gets me hyped for the Guardians. I would like to be hyped for everything, ideally. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I would agree. Like, Guardians is one of those where it's like, it's ending something. Well, yeah, it was ending something from the past, and it wasn't really... It, re- it really wasn't something that was, like, future-focused, if that makes sense, where, you know, it's not the one you go and you're like, let's find out more about the past we're, we're about to take. It was more about, let's finish kind of the path that we've been taking for the last ten years uh, mm-hmm. with these characters, saying goodbye to some of them, potentially, you know, that that whole deal. Um so yeah, I, I I think you're kind of spot on with a lot of this. Um, all right, let's see what else we can talk about here on our list. Oh, for fun, I want to get into this. Um, let's talk about the Craven trailer. Okay. So this will be fairly brief, I'm sure. But um, yeah, there is a Craven trailer. Um, rated it, R. It exists. It exists. It does exist. Um, so Craven has superpowers. <laughs> so I, I guess that's, that's a place to start. Yeah, let's. He's got tiger blood, in the words of Charlie Sheen. Yeah, what the fuck is that? I, I don't, I don't remember that from the comics. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't say I recall that ever being a thing. I don't. What is? It feels like. It feels like Sony is using a bunch of. Like early two thousands kind of. Oh my god, they always do. They always do. It's unbelievable how they're so behind in their storytelling. It's like, honestly, that makes Craven to me a lot less interesting and a lot less badass because the badass part is that always been that it's a normal guy that's doing all this. But like, what's he he giving power? Like, he's he's Craven the Hunter. He's just a hunter. He hunts. Yeah, like, he do, the more he like, powers, it's dumb. He doesn't like Spider-Man. So he hunts him. Kind and, of. Yeah, that, and now that, that, they won't that, even use Spider-Man. Buddy, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, granted, granted, I don't want Spider-Man in this fucking mess, but, like, it's amazing how, how they, they're trying to build up a Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man. Like, it's so bizarre. Like, and these characters just aren't interesting. They're not. Like, it's never. Not that they're not interesting. It's just that they don't really work without Spider-Man because they were created to be foils. For no, Spider-Man. but but the way that they're that they're being utilized is not interesting. Is my point. Or right. The way, even even the way they're being written, at least in these movies, is not interesting. Like again, I've said this forever, and I'll say it again. Why does everybody need to be an anti-hero? Like, like, make them fucking villains. Just, just have villains. Why, why does Morbius? I have another question. Why? Yeah. 
Why, why is Craven American? I don't know, because Aaron Taylor Johnson couldn't do the accent, that's why, but... No, but if you watched Avengers Age of Ultron, that's basically it. Yeah, well, I guess they preferred to have him be American because it's the early 2000s. But, um, but you have Russell Crowe doing the accent. I, I, I'm going to say in my um, headcanon to rationalize this, even though this is still retarded, but I'm saying it anyway, would be that um, most likely they're going to give the excuse of... He grew he up has, with a mother. Yep. That's exactly what I think they're going to say. He's been in America most of his life outside of his initial childhood, and he never kept the accent. That's exactly what they're going to say. I'm sorry. I had to eat a french fry after thinking of that. That's valid. That's valid. Yeah, man. The trailer just... Look, the action looks cool. Sure. It does. Bit a guy's nose off. But, like... And I'm sure Aaron Taylor Johnson will give a fun performance because he's a good actor, but like very good actor. And, and he really the cast as a whole actor, they actually have a very good cast. If you if you look at the names they got, they they got very. I like the director too. The director. Yeah, I, I will say this: I wouldn't be shocked if this is the best of the Sony Spider Man Spider Verse movies, referring to the to the Venom universe. But like, listen, here's the thing: it's if a low you, bar. If you look at this movie as just a just a movie, just a movie, and you kind of um, kind of take your mind off of the comic book inaccuracies, and you just look at it as a just plainly as a movie, I think you will be able to have fun with it. I think you know, like you said, we've got a good cast. I think the action looks good. And, you know, you know, I, I just, I, there, there's a dude that turns himself into a rhino in this movie as well. And, yeah, and that's another thing. We have a real rhino. Yeah, I do. That's the one thing. That's the one thing I'm like, yeah, I like that. I'm at least curious to see what that looks like. I think there's a big reason they did not show that. Uh, in the yeah, that, 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 that concerns me a little bit. Not gonna lie, um, but uh, I mean, it's the movie. When when is the release date for the movie? Um, is it I this year it, or is it early next I, year? I yeah, it's either late this year or early next year. Let me see. Yeah, I think it's late this year. I think they moved it up. Yeah, it's Oct- it, it's October. Hold. <laughs> so wait. So you're saying we've got three months and we have not seen this giant CGI rhino? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. Oh no. Please. Oh no. no. I, you know, I, you know, when you kind of want, you can kind of tell a movie's production, how a production is going by certain things. And when they're like avoiding certain things in the marketing, you could kind of, you could kind of tell why. Granted, this was I'm the not... first trailer, so maybe they show it in the next trailer. Oh, but... also, also, Luke, another thing is when they don't give you a trailer until yeah, I know, a few it's, it's months before release. I know, I know. 
that's also not a great sign. Or one of the funnier ones is when they released the Venom trailer, the first Venom trailer, and there was no symbiote in it, just because just wasn't ready. But they were just oh. like, "Fuck it, people keep asking us for it." So you just have like Tom Hardy running in a forest. <laughs> it was just like, "Oh, okay." And then like the last shot of it was like him in like the tube. The MRI tube. Uh, like, yeah, okay, fine. But yeah, like, you got, here's the thing, Luke. You know that out of all the characters that I, I love, I'm the one that, like, I created my own Spider-Man movie universe. Just out of fun, you, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also because I, I don't get laid much. But, like, I we really I know that Avi Arad suggested to Lord and Miller to put the spot in as the villain for Across the Spider Verse. So good on Avi for that. That's a that's an Avi win. But we really gotta get Avi Arad and Matt Tolmac off the Spider Man property. Yeah, it needs to happen, man. Because what they're producing with these Spider-Verse movies that don't have Spider-Man in it, like Morbius, this can't be good for the Spider-Man brand. It's like, make, it makes no sense. Like, it'd be one thing if I actually believed they were building up a team to fight Spider-Man or something, but I don't even think they're actually that smart. Even with their talk. We were just talking about Marvel Studios being like, what What are they kind of building? To, how are they going to get there? They're well, geniuses in comparison to what's going on at Sony, regardless. Yeah. It's, it's fucking nuts. Because Marvel, bet, they have a place they're going. I don't think... I bet, I bet you does. five bucks. They don't even know if they have the right to use Spider-Man in these movies no. without Feige's permission. They have no clue. I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean... They do think about the movies that they have tried making as of late. Bad Bunny as El El Murdo and freaking Hypno Hustler. I I just want people to comprehend that those two movies have genuinely been on the table to be produced. That's freaking nuts. That of all the characters you can use in the Spider-Man mythos, you're doing that. Yep. Why? Like, dude, Spider-Man 2099 live. Dude, now they're yeah. doing Spider- now they're doing noir. Thank God. But like, yeah. it's like, not gonna be Peter though. Yeah, that, that's. A, I don't really understand that choice. I mean, ho- I'm hoping that it's still good, but I don't really see the a logical reason for that. Yeah, so there's I, no reason there can't be two Peter Parkers because like it's so different from Tom Holland's version. I, I mean, that, watch, like, watch Spider-Verse, bro. It's been established like, that there are a million Peters. Yeah, and people are now very familiar with the Spider-Verse because you just have a $500 million animated blockbuster hit. Yeah. So that's not even a problem. So, like, I don't even know. But, like, they, like we know they want to do Sinister Six. We, d- we know. Yeah. But how are we getting there? A, who are they going to fight if it's not Spider-Man? 
each other. And and C, you made all of them anti-heroes. So they're not even villains. So why would they even fight Spider-Man? It makes no sense on any level. I wish I wish uh, Disney had the rights to the Spider-Man characters. I really do, but unfortunately, they do not. I wish Sony had the animation rights because they kick ass with the animation. Yes, like, spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man: The New Animated Series with Neil Patrick Harris from the early 2000s. You know that was great, and then obviously you got the Lord and Miller, you know, Spider-Verse movies. But man. Man, oh man. I, I just need to, for my sanity, I need to read the plot of El, El Mirdo. Okay, just, just, just to get it, just to say it. Go for it. It's about two wrestlers who get superpowers from their masks, who are in the middle of a conflict between the mafia, run by Tombstone, yeah, and, yeah. Ha- and Hammerhead, and the Mexican cartel run by a brother and sister who are werewolves. That is that is a movie plot that that they came up with, and uh, it's. I think Luke, we need a re kind of re re put in the minds of the audiences that El Muerto was introduced in the mid two thousands, and he has only appeared in less than five comic books. It. I think the number is only two. Yeah, I believe the number is two. That's crazy. That is the equivalent, because I believe Sony owns about 500 characters of the Marvel Universe. Uh, that, like, I, I think I read that in, in their deal. They, they acquired, like, 500 characters. That's the equivalent of just going to, like, scrolling all the way to the bottom. Like, you, the only... The only one you can do is find someone that uh, was only in one issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the only, that's the only way you can get lower than that. And it's like, I understand that they, they, Bad Bunny's incredibly popular, so you want to get him in the universe. I'm just saying, probably could have picked someone else. Do not build your movies around celebrities just because they're celebrities. That's such a yeah, dumb Kylie way Jenner of a movie. Is Black Cat? <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> How did I come up with that so quick? <laughs> I'm impressed. Like, oh, let's have The Rock as Doctor Octopus. Like the Doctor Octopus. Yeah, like, please, like, let's be serious. Let's cast actual actors, like. I'm sure Bad Bunny can maybe even give a decent performance, but, like, I don't think that's that's remotely where Sony's head is even at, regardless. See, they were on to something when they cast Tom Hardy as Venom. That's not bad. That's actually a great casting. But it feels as this universe has progressed, we, we're getting further away from what we want. I don't feel like we're getting closer to what we want. I feel like getting further away. And that's that's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Venom can carry a movie. I firmly believe that. I just wish you introduce him in a Spider-Man movie and then spin him off. No pun intended. Like then you could do something where he like he fights Carnage, he fights all the symbiotes, he does yada yada yada. Uh, 
you know, the symbiote characters, the symbiote, the Venom character has had his own comic books, you know? Like, just his own solo comic books. But when you got Craven, who, I don't think Craven's gotten any comic books on his own. Like, he, he fights Spider-Man. That's what he does. So when you don't have Spider-Man, you're fucked. What are you, are you gonna make a Green Goblin movie? Who's Green Goblin gonna fight? Who does Green Goblin usually fight? Spider-Man. So yeah. we're, just, we're just running in circles because we don't have the main guy that we need. It's like, it's like, uh, let me let me come up with a good analogy. It's like playing video games without an analog uh, stick. How are you gonna walk? How are you gonna walk, Luke? We're not. They, it's a Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man. I give up. I give up. And apparently, like, what they're doing with Madam Web is they're introducing a Peter Parker to this universe. But the problem is, he's a baby. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm getting mad as I hear this. Please, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. What? Here's what they should have done, Luke. This is my last point, and then we can move on, because we we got to move on before we blow our heads off. Yeah, Um, please. What they should have done when they made the deal to put Spider-Man in Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming, they should have had either a signed deal or a handshake deal with Kevin Feige. Listen, we want to make a little money on the side here. Can we make a deal for a Venom movie? Um, With your help, you get to produce it with us. You know, we got Tom Hardy. He wants to do it. You know, he's a big star. Can you help us do this? Can you help us, like, build up to it? Get Spider-Man the symbiote, maybe in the sequel, and then get rid of it. And then Tom Hardy gets it when Civil War is ready to come out. I think Feige would say yes. And then you just go from there. I fully support this idea. And but, the, but that goes without saying. And you know what, Luke? You would have a Spider-Man universe with Spider-Man. Or, lastly, you do something else. You do. You do. You take this this parallel universe, and you just say there's another there's another Peter Parker swinging around in that universe, and you just. Go, you just do what they're doing with Batman. You got two Spider-Mans. That's fine. Who cares? Yeah. Other than that, I, I don't want to talk about it any further. It's very depressing. I just I want these guys to get their hands off the IP. You know, mm-hmm. it hurts. All right. Let me see what's left that I actually want to discuss. Um. Honestly, not a ton here that I care enough to discuss about. But um, I suppose the last thing I actually care enough to talk about would be... Um, I thought Mangold's comments about Swamp Thing were actually fairly interesting. Yeah, he sees it as a standalone. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's going to be very much treated that way. I mean, even when Gunn 
talked about it in the first video we got for the DCU slate. He he said himself like it's disconnected from the rest of the DC universe. So I I don't I don't think he meant that literally, but I do think he meant that where it's not going to connect to any other project in any capacity. Correct. I I, I don't I don't think at all. Like it takes place on the same Earth. It's just that it's off doing its own thing. It's basically going to be the equivalent of what Werewolf by Night was for Marvel, I think, but in actual yeah. movie. Yeah, which, so which I, I'm here for. I'm so here so, for that. Yeah, like Batman and Superman are in Gotham and Metropolis, Swamp Thing's over. I forgot where Swamp Thing resides. Um, I know the answer. I'm having a brain fart. I mean, it's obviously somewhere like out down south, but I can't think of where specifically. Swamp Thing is hanging out in a swamp while Batman and Superman are in their respective cities. And it will not cross over. That's what that means. Yes. And the exact quote from him was, um, while I'm sure DC views Swamp Thing as a franchise, I would be viewing it as a very simple, clean, gothic horror movie about this man monster. And he said he's been toying for years with the idea of making a kind of Frankenstein movie. And, And that's a great way to approach it. I think that's a, that's a brilliant way to approach it, treating it like a pure monster movie, which is pretty much what Gunn said from the get-go, but it's nice hearing it from Mangold himself to know he is treating it that way, and I think that treating it as that grounded um, monster movie is what's going to make it work, because Swamp Thing is a very tragic character, and if you can capture that tragic element of the of like a classic monster movie with Swamp Thing, or the character of Alec Holland, I think that would be... Um, I think that'd be brilliant, man. I, I think this movie has so much potential. I think really all these, these these new DCU movies have a ton of potential because they have really good talent attached to them. Yeah. And the ones that, and the ones that don't have a talent talent attached to them yet, at the very least, I can say I like the idea as Gunn has described it so far. So mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very optimistic about it all right now. But um, Swamp Thing, I would say, among all the movies, I'm probably the second most optimistic about, right behind. Um, James Gunn's Superman, and then Brave and the Bold probably be my number three. But I'm still very optimistic about that one too. But Swamp Thing, it's just James Mangold's the guy, man. I mean, he's he's gonna make a special movie there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously Superman's my number one for the DCU, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of projects that I'm excited for there. But yeah, that the when you get James Mangold attached to do this kind of movie. I think that's that speaks for itself. So like, I'm I'm with you there. Um, yeah. And beyond that, I guess we can just briefly note. Um, they talked about Blue Beetle being in the DCU again. So yeah. that 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 once again came up, and it does sound like, according to the director, a they want a trilogy, and b they do want um, well, rather not they do want for this part, but they believe the movie does take place in the DCU, as there are no wider connections in the movie and also I guess they seemingly talked Saffron or Gunn about it. Yeah. And I, I think and Gunn I, officially said it. Yeah, I mean Gunn's pretty much implied it quite a bit already and I do believe that is the truth. I mean I, I believe it's as simple as the movie's fine. It's probably a decent movie. But on top of that the more important part is I think Gunn really likes the casting. Mm-hmm. And and that's really what matters to him when preserving what's in that movie, so I think for that reason, he's going to consider that movie canon, and he will allow 
uh, our Blue Beetle from that movie to bounce around the DCU as we progress and probably with Booster Gold and other characters, of course. But, um, yeah, I think that's really good. Um, and Marriage makes me more excited to see the movie. Um, just, just to know what it connects to something that we are gonna, it's connected to this big thing that I'm so excited about because the DCU is such a, such a very exciting thing for me. It's such a very big prospect. So just knowing that's technically gonna be a start for it, a seed that's planted for it is very cool. So I'm here yeah. for that. I'm absolutely here for that. Yeah, me, me too. I'm really excited. I love the casting and you know, Hopefully it doesn't bomb. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think it has a better shot than Aquaman, honestly. Despite that movie having Momoa, but I think that I think that movie's not going to do well. I've got feeling, but um, yeah, I think if you get the right word of mouth, um, Blue Beetle could do well. The good thing is the budget was fairly low on it, and on top of that too, you also had um, you had the star of Cobra Kai in the movie, and people love that show. So that's a good selling point. That's a selling point right off the bat. You have, and also if you if you're smart, honestly, I'm not sure if they they would do. That's yeah, George Lopez in there too. That too. Honestly, I don't know. I guess they don't want to promote it as part of the DCU in the marketing, just because if the movie does bad, you don't want that attachment. Considering you didn't even really make the movie under this new regime, but um, so I, I guess that's why they're not really like making it like a big thing. But um. It technically could pay off if they did market it that way, because I'm sure people would become instantly more interested in it. But, um, yeah, it, it, it'd be a risk, though. It, it is a risk, and I get why it hasn't happened. Yeah, I agree. Like, because, we'll then, because then at that point, the new report is going to be the first movie of the James Gunn universe bombs. Yeah, like, that, that, really that's, that's the headline. Yeah. In the post credits scene, it'd be really fun if they put Corrin Sweat in there. I don't think they would, but that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. I'm interested to see if they have any crazy teases when they eventually release the Superman movie in the in that post credit scene. Maybe I mean I feel stupid even speculating about something that far away, but it's just more of like a curious thought. Like would they tease like like Batman in that or something? Or like what would they do? Like I'm just, if anything, honestly, I'm gonna call it now. If they do a post credit scene for Superman Legacy, it's probably gonna be for. Superman versus the Authority. I bet you it'll be a tease for that project, but um, that's just a a total guess. I mean, I am they they know they don't even know what the post credit scene is. I'm sure at this stage, quite honestly. But um, it'd be, it'd be really funny if he did. I mean, hey, maybe they. I'm not even sure. Actually, I wonder if they write that kind of thing into scripts now. Like they they might. I mean, I, I don't know, but um, it, it's plausible. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Gunn wrote that in already. Honestly, I did. There you go. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. I wonder if they do write it in there. My gut tells me they probably do. But I, but I also do think there are... I think it may be case-by-case basis. That's what I'm saying. I, I bet you there are some cases where it kind of just happens later in the process. It varies, I'm sure. I think mm-hmm. it probably happens with the script when the post credit scene is very closely connected to the actual plot of the movie. But if you have a post credit scene that's like totally disconnected for the most part, minus like a couple little connections, then I bet you that might not be part of the actual script and that just comes in later as you're trying to figure out, oh, what comes next in the slate and like stuff like that. But um yeah, so I would agree with you. It's probably a case by case basis. Oh yeah. Alright, that 
That's good for me. I mean, that um, that covers everything I wanted to talk about today. Um, uh, the big thing was obviously the Superman casting, man. I mean, I'm beyond pumped for that. I am so excited we have our Superman. It's such a big deal. And I'm looking forward to hearing Gunn. Honestly, that's the thing. I love listening to James Gunn talk, dude. I love listening to that man just speak about comics and movies. And I cannot wait to... Just so he can further expand on what he wants to do with Superman more. I think that that's going to be so fun. Like his interviews are just gold. Yeah, I agree. He 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 knows what he's doing. I'm excited for the movie. Like this is. I think the the cool thing about today is it shows that there's still you know this big big interest in it in Superman in DC and people people are ready for another Superman movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely they are. I just hope... Just curious, Brent, fun question. What do you think this movie needs to do at the box office to be considered successful? Let's say... I'm not going to say the budget's going to be absolutely huge. So, I'm going to say 150 is the budget. And, I mean, that that's... At least one fifty for sure. I mean, I would think it is a Superman movie. I mean, you're yeah. gonna have you're gonna have a lot going on. I, I can't imagine it being less than one fifty. That's like as low as it gets, probably. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. Wow, my dog barked. Uh, I think it's gonna be something that's more personal, smaller and personal. But obviously, you still need the money for the big action sequences. Um, so one fifty is a good spot. Um, I think probably crack, start, start with like a small one, crack 500 million. Around um, there, crack, get, crack 500, you know, make a nice little profit. Small for me, win, I think up. my number personally is a little higher. I think you need about, I think you need at least 700. That, that, that's my opinion. I mean, at 500, you would make a profit at least. Yeah, I agree there. To truly be considered successful and potentially um, franchise and universe reviving, which I think is what you need that movie to be, I think you need anywhere from like 750 to 800. I'm not saying they're definitely going to get there, but to me, that's the number I would really want to see. I, I really think need to see, see the budget first. Yeah, I mean the budget's obviously something you gotta consider as well, but um yeah, I mean look, the the fact is we're talking about a Superman movie. Obviously the brand is a bit damaged right now, but we the fact that we're even talking about oh, is a Superman movie even gonna make seven hundred seven hundred million dollars feels kinda crazy in itself, honestly. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy just made eight hundred million. Like it's crazy. Like, just yeah. to think of, think, thinking about it contextually, it's like, wow, that's bizarre that it's even a question. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. It's like, because you just said the brand has been damaged so much, like, it's bad in DC land right now. It's bad in WB land right now. They need a, they need a win. Um, for me, though, you the main thing is make sure you make a profit. You gotta hit, you need, you know, when Marvel Studios was starting up, see, the movies that they made, 
each made a little more and a little more and a little more. You know, audiences started to started to trust them again, right? And you just built up a little bit, built up, built up. People like the characters. That's the main thing. You gotta you gotta have people wanting to see this character more. So that's the main thing. That's why Iron Man was such a hit, um, because because Robert Downey Jr. and the writing were so magnetic. It was like we need to see more of this guy immediately, which is why Iron Man two came out in two thousand ten, only like two years after Iron Man one. So, yeah, like just build it up, more, little win, little win, little win, and like. Then you do that big team-up movie, people like the characters, you know, you're going to, DC's going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I'm hope, hopefully we'll have some new stuff to talk about soon. I wish we were going to have Comic-Con in a couple weeks, because that would have been a fucking crazy episode, and I love when we get to have those, but um, evidently it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen for a variety of reasons, unfortunately. And, like, yeah. these strikes, you know, obviously we're supportive of uh, the actors, the writers. It, yeah, the directors. it sucks. It yeah. sucks, but you know what? Ultimately, they're doing what they got to do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, shit, I would, I would do the same thing if I, if I wanted to get my rights as a worker, you know? But, you know, and it sounds like, it really does sound like there's a legitimate chance the actors are going to go on strike too at this stage. Yeah, I think like the, that, that's why the Superman casting was bumped up to today. Yeah, and that, that it's a big deal, man. It's a really big deal that, that that's going to happen. I mean, at this point, once that happens, Hollywood's effectively shut down. Like, that's it. Yep. For like, yeah. oh, oh, it, it is very hard to make movies with the <laughs> Like, it's one thing with the writers, which is still tough. I mean, that's already shut down plenty of productions. But, like, I mean, once the actors are gone, you Hollywood's frozen for God yeah. knows how, for how long. By the way, by the way, Luke, if uh, if the actors go on strike, you can kiss Deadpool three coming out. Yeah, really goodbye. You could count. You could kiss everything. It's everything. See, everything the, the that's only... currently filming or yeah. needs to go under reshoots. Every yeah, that's all getting pushed back if the the actors go on strike. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's uh, it's it, it's unfortunate that we had to get to this place, but unfortunately, studios are greedy. Studios are the fucking worst. That's why DC is in this situation. Yep. So yeah, unfortunate, but you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great day when we get to you know come on this podcast and say the actors and directors and writers got their deal. Uh, all right, I'm good. I am. I'm good. Are you? Are you good? The call it here. Yep. All right. Well, this has been another wonderful episode of Cape Time. But until next time, see everybody. Peace.